0: Welcome to the Husker cast Sports Show, the official podcast of HuskerHype.com. Justin here, along with the cousins, Derek and Tyler. Happy New Year's, guys. Did you stay sober, Derek? I did. Really? Tyler? Yeah. <laughs> Hell no. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I knew there would be one of you that would not <laughs> stay sober. All right, guys, let's get right into it. So Scott Frost in Central Florida, they absolutely took it to Auburn in the Peach Bowl, winning 34 to 27. As 12-point underdogs. So, I got to say, guys, I rooted as hard for UCF as I did for any Husker game this year. That was an absolutely, that was an exciting game. It was great. I I loved it. Uh, Derek, what do you think?
1: Oh, it was awesome. i tell you what. Anytime a team can uh, win the turnover battle by two, you have a pretty good shot at winning that game. And Auburn... You know, I've heard a lot of people, especially ESPN, they keep wanting to go, oh, this is the SEC coming in, playing somebody they didn't want to play. They didn't put any effort. That's not what I've seen. I've seen Auburn put all the effort in the world out. I've seen their coach, Coach Malzahn, getting fired up, trying to get that team going, and it just didn't work. I I think that was Auburn's best effort. I don't think that had anything to do with Auburn not
2: playing hard.
0: Tyler, what would you think?
2: Well, it, I, I guess I'll start with It was an incredible game. Um, you know, what, what I saw for sure is a team in UCF who gave everything they have. Um, that's Shaquem uh, Griffin. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, certainly not watching the Huskers. I haven't seen a guy play with that much heart and um, in intensity for four quarters all year. Um, yeah. It was incredible. I, but I, I do think there's some uh, credibility to the Auburn. Um, I, I don't think they didn't give effort, but I don't think they wanted it as much as UCF. I mean, this was the biggest game that UCF may have ever played it in their school history. Auburn was going into this game slightly disappointed. This is the bowl game. You're not going to convince me that both teams wanted this game as much Uh I, I think I think UCF wanted it more. That's why they won. It was a great victory, not taking anything away from them. But I a hundred percent think there's some credibility to the fact that Auburn didn't want that game as much as UCF did. But
0: a national title was on the line. UCF is now a national championship team. What'd you guys think of that? That that,
2: that that is absurd. Um I, 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 I get it. There are schools, you know, 1941, Alabama went nine and two and they were ranked 20th. And they, they, I think they still even have a banner says they were national champions. It's the same thing. It's BS. Like they didn't win the national championship. They probably won't even be a top five team like to count themselves as national champions. You could argue all day. Did you get robbed? but that would be similar to the 1983 Huskers saying, "Well, technically, we could have tied and gone into overtime and been a national champion. So, let's put a banner up." It's absurd, and God bless UCF for paying up those coaches, but if I'm the president of that university, I'm like, "Wait, we're giving my former coaches who left a million dollars because of we're nice?" Like, who does that? Most companies try to find reasons not to pay you bonuses. UCF is making an exception to pay them bonuses. It is absurd and almost laughable.
0: Well, you're right. You know, it's there's other schools that have gone on to claim a national title. It happens all the time. You know, Auburn did it in '93 uh, when they were on probation, when undefeated. Uh, so it's it's nothing new. I I kind of agree with you. It's it's a. It's a little ridiculous in the fact I'm kind of embarrassed for them a little bit, you know, that they couldn't play for it. But you could also say maybe it is time that the group of five, they have their own playoff system to determine the group of five champions, champion. And we kind of played with this on Twitter, I don't know, a month ago when the final regular season games were played. You know, we played the uh, thing where we were a committee Giving the group of five teams, you know, the, the little four playoff slate, I guess. But maybe it is time for them. But what would you rather? What do you think? A team in the group of five would rather have, like their own little playoff to determine their champion, or do you think that they would want to have their shot up against one of the uh, power five best, like Auburn? What what would carries more weight? Do you think? Of
1: course, of course they want to go up against the Big Dogs. If you're in the same division as them, why wouldn't they want to go up against the Big Dogs? Sure. There, there's no question that's what they'd rather do. The problem is, is the committee ever going to let them in with there only being a four-team playoff? And I, I don't see it happening. But
0: so, So, I mean, so do you think that the group of five should have their own playoff system to determine their national champion? I would watch if there was a
2: playoff. I think if you, that's
1: the case, you just will yeah. split up divisions.
2: Well, that's the thing is, if you're going to watch that, do you watch the one AA or Division two playoffs? Like, no, I, I don't. I think if the Group of Five did that, they would become irrelevant. I, I think I don't think that many people. Maybe you would watch the championship game. You're not going to tune into the whole playoffs because you don't do that for at F- the FCS. Or you don't do it for Division two. It would be a sub-conference at that point. Um, But Derek, I agree with you. I think it is going to be very difficult for one of these group of five teams to get in the playoffs. Um, The only way it's ever going to happen is they're going to have to get a big-time program to schedule in the offseason. And I I don't think UCF doesn't want to play a big program. I just think UCF is a very high-risk school to play. Um, They need to beat a Florida State or a... um, Alabama. If they could beat one of those teams in the, you know, non-conference schedule, then they might have a case going undefeated. But when your best victory is Maryland in the non-conference, it's just that's not that doesn't play well. Uh, that wouldn't play well if Oklahoma's best conference win was Maryland non-conference. They'd get crushed for that. There's it's no about, way no-
0: It's all about name. If they would have scheduled a team like a name school like Nebraska. It still wouldn't have met anything (laughs) because we went four and eight. (laughs) Well,
1: I mean, Tyler (laughs) mentions Florida State. It would have been the same case this year for that. I mean, they'd have been Florida State who didn't.
2: Well, fair enough. enough, Fair enough. Alabama got knocked down
0: for playing Florida State
1: (laughs) (laughs) as they should have. Hey, I just I just wanted to bring one other thing up in this, and I I know we don't want to get deep into this discussion or anything, but I just wanted to give some of the Mackenzie Milton stats that you know everybody keeps talking about who Nebraska's next quarterback's going to be, and this and that. And for all these people that think Mackenzie Milton's this big-time running quarterback, he had 116 yards rushing in that game. That was his career high. Before that, his career high was 94 yards against Maryland. And that was the only other time in his career he's ever broke 90 yards. So this isn't like this is a uh, Taylor Martinez guy who's going to get you 100 yards rushing seven, eight times a year. That's, and I don't sure. know if that's what Scott Frost is after. I, he just
2: wants a guy who's a little more mobile than, say, Tanner Lee. Yeah. Well, I think if you watch that game, I think mobility was a big part of what they do. Now, does he run as much? No, but I think a lot of what they run off of is off of an option. Um, I Again... You, you saw the Chip Kelly offense. Nick Foles ran it well in the NFL. Um, he had a lot of success doing it. That's what Scott Frost says. It you can plug a you know more statuesque quarterback in that play, but I think a hundred percent he likes the uh, the mobile aspect of Milton. And then and I think that's a huge factor in his play.
1: But but I guess what I'm trying to say is it's not like uh, Mackenzie Milton was a like burner. I mean like. Watching that guy, he's not that fast. I, and I think that we have a couple quarterbacks on our roster right now that are probably maybe as fast as him, maybe not quite. He didn't look that fast. I think, we, guys.
2: Have, I think we have one. I think Tristan Gebbia is that type of athlete. I, I do not think Patrick O'Brien is that athlete.
1: See, I think, I think that's another one where everybody just will not give Patrick O'Brien any credit. The guy had seven hundred yards rushing his senior year in high school. It's not like the guy can't run the ball.
2: Yeah, and Tom Brady has like thirty career rushing touchdowns. I I watch him and I can see that he's not fifty years. I'm just saying, like I watch him and I could see the athleticism. Milton is a much better runner than Patrick O'Brien is.
1: Uh, uh, we haven't really seen that, as well, I guess to me at least.
0: But go ahead. We're going to see a lot in the spring game and when practice comes. But bring it back to UCF. Uh, there's uh, been a lot of talk, you know, kind of knocks against Scott Frost bringing his all of his assistants from Central Florida with him to Lincoln. After this game, do you guys have? Are you guys more energized about his staff coming to Lincoln, especially the way the defense performed and whatnot? Are you more energized or the same?
2: What do you think, Tyler? I would say more. I mean, I think, you know, as excited I was about Frost coming to Lincoln, that game got me more excited for his arrival. Um, that that was a very impressive game. Um, you know, what we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think his staff, there is a familiarity with his staff that is really, could add a lot of kudos. Um, you know, there's a lot of, Potentially good coaches there. We'll see what they do. We'll see how they come in Nebraska, how they recruit, how they coach. Um, you know, I, I think there the sky is the limit for this coaching staff.
0: Dirk,
1: I, I would say I feel about the same. I, I was never really that down on him bringing his whole staff. Tyler was the one that was really kind of harping that he shouldn't bring his whole staff. I think I I, I kind of just made it out. You know, if 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 Frost trusts him, I'll trust him. I, at first, I was a little skeptical, but after I read some of their bios, I, I wasn't so concerned. But after that game, I, I think I'm still pretty pretty hyped about the whole staff. I mean, I, I never thought it was that
2: bad of a deal to begin with, though. I, I, here, my thing was, and it still remains, if if Mike Riley somehow would have been here another year, and half of these coaches he had brought on to replace existing coaches. Nebraska fans would have crushed him. Their resumes, for the most part, are not to the tier of Nebraska. With that said, I'm with you, Derek. If Frost trusts them, there is no reason why they can't be successful. It do- their resumes don't matter. Riley- Lincoln Riley's resume did not account for him being a Final Four coach, but he was one. Now, he may have blew that game, but he, he ended up getting there. Regardless, I, I, I do not believe there is one set resume that's going to guarantee success. I think Scott Frost, what he did at UCF, is remarkable. I was semi-critical of him going back to coach that game. I was dead wrong. Um, what he did with that program to finish it the way it is is truly remarkable. Um, and, and again, if he wants to give these guys a shot, bring him to the university, at this point, I have no reason to doubt him.
0: All right. Well, speaking of blown opportunities, uh, the Big Ten—they went seven and one in their bowl games, except for Michigan, who let South Carolina come from behind and blow them up. Derek, I got to ask you: seven and one in bowl games—is that meaningful? Not meaningful? What is it?
2: I
1: think it's hard not to find it meaningful. I mean, I, I get it. Everybody's going to go well. A lot of the big-name players like to sit out these games, but it happens on both teams. It's not usually just one team that the player sits out. So I, Michigan blew it. We should have been undefeated. They had a 19-3 to 3 lead, you know, and they blew it. They absolutely blew it, and I, it irritates me. Gives me all more reason to hate Michigan, I guess. Uh, look, I mean, the Pac-12 was 1-7 in, in the bowl games. You want to talk about being terrible? That is apparently just a terrible conference. And I, I remember watching a lot of those games. Their only their only win came out of Utah, and they played West Virginia, who didn't play very well that game. I believe where I was on their backup quarterback. And uh, you know the only other the only other conference out that had a winning record in the bowl season for big for the for the Power Five was the Big Twelve. And I thought they looked pretty good this year. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think right now, yeah, you could easily make the argument that the Big Ten and Big 12 may be the tougher conferences
0: out there. Teller, do you have any thoughts on the Bulls' conferences? You know,
2: I, I don't know how good of a judge the bull season is to determine what is the best conference. There are a lot of factors that go into this. Um, you know, the fact that the Big Ten got left out of the college football playoff probably assisted that. Um, you know, there were a lot of close games, there's injuries, coaching changes, there's a lot. With that said, today the bowl season is probably still the best indication what is the best conference. It's not the it's not a great way, but it's the best thing we got. And the fact that the Big 10 did so well, um I do think means something. And Derek to your point, I thought going into the bowl season that the weakest Power 5 conference was the Pac-12. Best was the Big Ten. I, mean, I would definitely say, if nothing else, this bowl season uh, reaffirmed what I thought I already knew. Um, had now had the Pac-12 gone eight and one. I, I don't know if I would have put as much stock in it, but since it reaffirmed the fact that I thought the Big Ten was the best all along, now I'll ride that train.
0: That's well, certainly something to build off of. Going on to next year, you know, we should have. Several teams, at least four teams, in the top ten or top twelve, right? Derek, go ahead.
1: Oh, absolutely. And the other thing is, you know, I to me, I thought the ACC was a way tougher conference than what they've turned out to be, and according to the Bulls, at least. And I and I understand this isn't the only indication that you can read, but look, in the bull games, they went four and six, but all their top teams fell. The only ones that won bowl games were Duke, Florida State, who probably shouldn't have been in a bowl game anyway, Wake Forest, and NC State, who was one of their better teams. So I guess one of their better teams won. But outside of that, Miami, Clemson, Virginia Tech all lost. That was their top teams this year.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, before we talk about the All-SEC National Championship, which – Derek can't wait for. Or I guess you can look at it as a do-over for the SEC championship. You know, let Alabama get in there. What, what did you think of the playoff games? Tyler, you, you kind of talked about uh, Oklahoma. Go, go for it.
2: You know, that Oklahoma-Georgia game, as good as the UCF-Auburn game is, I, I think that the Oklahoma-Georgia game may have been better. Um, you, know, I, I... I I don't like sec football, but I do like watching Georgia play. Um, they, they kind of remind me of a, a little bit of an old school Husker mentality. They, they're a, they're a punch you in the face type of team. They're going to run right at you. They, they're not running an option. They're a power team. And with very athletic backs, it's amazing. Um, Baker Mayfield, he was the real deal. I, I had a little bit of doubt on him in this game. um, But, I mean, that game played out exactly like I thought. On the flip side, the Alabama-Clemson game, I mean, what a disappointment that was. It was built as the trilogy of two classic national championships. The third one, it wasn't even just a score. It was the way the game played out. It was a boring game. It was Mm -hmm. terrible to watch. Um, Good riddance to Clemson. Derek? Well, first off, that's every
1: Alabama game. I have never watched an entertaining Alabama game in my life. I don't think. Well, that's they play yeah. boring. Unless football. they lose, that's what they do. Uh, Unless they lose, I, I disagree a little bit with you on the Baker Mayfield. I mean, I thought he had a good first half of that game. The second half, I didn't think he was near as good. Definitely didn't look like the Heisman Trophy winner. But I mean, the guy had two touchdowns, one interception, two hundred eighty-seven yards. That doesn't scream great quarterback to me, but again, he uh, had it, he had his time. He blew it, they blew it, and they blew it as a team. It wasn't Baker Mayfield that lost him that game. It was a lot of defense, a lot of missed tackles. I don't know. I think, it was it was terrible towards the
2: end, but. Well, Derek, I, I will throw this out about Baker Mayfield. I think Lincoln Riley put him in a position to fail. I mean. You're in overtime, and I, I'm going to probably butcher the yardage to a point, but it was like third and three in overtime, and they gave a guy a carry. It may have been third and two. They gave a guy a carry who had three carries all season in the first overtime. Okay, you could easily. You have the Heisman Trophy winner run the ball with him, run a play action, do anything. You just you need a touchdown to win. They played not to lose that game. Second overtime came. It was again third in something. Oh, why let Baker Mayfield throw? Oh no, we're going to run a speed option to the short side of the field. Um, it, it was terrible play calling. I felt the second half, um, you know, to to maybe not an extent we've seen in some cases. I think they got very conservative with Baker Mayfield. He was spot on the first half throwing down the field. I think he got a lot more conservative, especially after that pick six. Um, That he had, I I think it was an interesting, um, I just think Lincoln Riley got nervous and played not to lose that game and did not let Baker Mayfield go out and play uh, the way that he had played up to that point.
0: Well, this would be the point where I would ask you guys for your picks for the championship game, but we are currently in the middle, not in the middle, we're at the end of our College bull pick'em for the Husker cast on ESPN Bullmania, and if you're in first place, say "I, I." Oh, Derek, I didn't hear you. Are you on mute? Yeah. I okay. Am. <laughs> yeah, Derek's so far behind, so <laughs> we can't make our predictions because me and Tyler we got lots of money on this game, so.
2: Uh, and it, I'll, I'll give you a hint on where I may be going with this. If you listen to the uh, Kaz on a basis, I may be back to my normal picks. <laughs> I'm shocked.
0: Hey, Derek, if you want to make a pick, you can because your, your pick will impact nothing.
2: I
1: don't care who to pick. I'm rooting for Georgia. I hate Alabama. And I won the regular season, so oh, I'm okay with losing the bowl season.
2: <laughs> well, 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 Derek, are are you playing for the Sacco? I mean, I mean, does this game matter, Justin? Because he could be playing for last place right now. We don't know that. No, oh, I that's believe I'm true. Two games
1: ahead of uh, Mister Kavanaugh. That's uh, yeah, <laughs> that, is, that is in last place.
0: Yeah, that's true. So, are, are you guys even excited for this
2: championship game here? No.
0: Does it do anything for you?
2: No. I think it'll be a good game. I mean. If this game was in October, I would be going into Saturday really, really excited for it. Um, Is this a game I want to see for the national championship? No, but I think both of these teams are really good. Um, I hate Bama. I I hate a lot about them. I think they're boring. I think they manipulate the schedule to a massive degree. I think that I'm envious of them, but they're a really good team, and so is Georgia. This is going to be a damn good football game. Uh, I hope that Georgia comes out on top. That's where I will leave it. Okay. I'm I'm tempted to watch Scott Frost
1: play in his last game at Nebraska over that game during the same time frame.
0: (laughs) Wow. I'll be watching just because that's what I do. I like to watch college football. But uh, we'll be back next week to talk about it. I know you guys are... You know, may not like it, but you guys will be watching it. We'll be talking during the game. But let's uh, move it to the Husker front. We had two offensive players declare early for the draft, and Tanner Lee and Nick Gates. Wow. Thoughts on this one. Derek.
1: Tanner Lee had no other choice, in my opinion. I, I think this was the best decision for him. It may have been his only decision. The scouts seem to like him. He's 23 years old. He's, he's getting to the point to where that's the age where the oldest quarterbacks go. Uh, he's got the size. To six, he's six foot four, two 220 pounds. Whether he gets drafted or not, I don't know. I, I can make arguments for him to where I could see he could make some where he could possibly get drafted, but I wouldn't put money on it that he gets drafted. Nick Gates, I kind of think he's kind of making a mistake. I, I don't know. I don't know where he thinks he's going to get drafted when he played as bad as he did the last two years.
2: Yeah. Tanner. Yeah. Yeah. I I kind of agree with you on the Tanner Lee thing. Um, You know, the the, Tanner Lee is probably not going to go down in Husker history as one of the great quarterbacks, but I I do think there was, um, there was a lot to like about his play. I, I was, I was interested to see what he could do in another year, um, but I, I agree that I don't think Scott Frost's system really ever fit him. Um, you know, he, again, he showed a heart. I think he would have been the best quarterback coming back, but I, I can understand why he wanted to go pro. Nick Gates is a little bit more interesting. Um, what I will say in defense of Nick Gates is I would think that if the draft happened tomorrow, there would be a better shot of Nick Gates getting drafted than Tanner Lee. Um, I I think you talk about what the scouts like of um, Tanner Lee. I think the scouts will also like a lot what they see in the weight room and from a size standpoint of Nick Gates. Nick Gates is a pretty good stereotypical left tackle until you watch him try to pass block. Um, You know, there's some good film on him, especially earlier in his career, and we've seen this before. I mean, we saw this with guys like Vincent Valentine, who they went pro early and they didn't really have the greatest tape in the world, but the size um, and their athleticism really played well for scouts and ended up getting drafted. And I could see Nick Gates in that situation. I think Nick Gates probably has a slightly better spot of getting drafted. I just think he would have been benefited for one more year um, to help that draft stock.
0: You said Vincent Valentine, and that was the perfect comparison uh, it was kind of a head scratcher when Vincent Valentine said that he was going to go pro and then we everybody looked like idiots because he gets uh, picked up in the third round. And it's like, where did that come out of? So, I, you know, I hope I hope the best for Nick Gates, you know, but we'll see how it turns out. It, it just doesn't look good. Derek, you're right. The last two years. It doesn't look like he has the film to do it. His, his freshman year. Yeah, he he looked solid, and the sky was the limit. I mean, this guy was going to be the premier Husker lineman. As far as Tanner Lee is concerned, though, man, God, I feel bad for that dude. Just he he can't catch a break, and he's in a damned-if-you-do, damned-if-you-don't situation. You're right, he can't stay at Nebraska. He can't transfer. He's got to go pro, Uh I don't know. Does he have his degree yet? Does anyone know?
1: I don't. I, 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 hope, don't he at le-
0: he I hope he at least. Got, I hope he at least got that. Uh, if he gets drafted, I would be I would be shocked. Derek,
1: a couple things here. Uh, you know, Nick Gates, you talked about his freshman year. He also played uh, right tackle in his freshman year. Yeah. And then he got moved over to left tackle for the next two years. Now I'm not a big offensive line guy. I don't I don't know blocking schemes all that well. To know what the difference is between being a right tackle and a left tackle that make it so much more difficult. But ever since he moved over left tackle, he never seemed to grasp it. And I don't know why. I, I maybe it was something different with the way he's supposed to block, or maybe the better athletes are usually on that side of the field for for the defense. I, I don't know, but moving moving him was a bad idea apparently. But one of many
2: of my, uh, Kavanaugh's bad ideas. well, I think when you look at the left tackle right tackle comparison, I think the the two big differences is with the left tackle. Well, the different tackles is just different footwork, um, and that's really evident in pass protection. Um, where's your first first? Where's your first foot going? Um, is it going left? Does it go right? The footwork definitely plays. But I, I think the bigger thing is in pass protection, the left tackle gets exposed more because you're protecting the blind side of the quarterback more, and in that those instances, the quarterback can't throw the ball away to save you. Um, you know they, they usually don't see the pass rush coming. I, I just my thing on Nick Gates though. In the end of the day, I, I didn't look at a player that looked like he didn't have technique or was it did it block? It looked like a guy that wasn't physical. That didn't want it. Um, he, he, I mean, we talked about this. There were so many plays that he would just be sitting there with his hands on his hips. And you can't teach effort, but a couple million dollars can definitely help inspire some effort where there wasn't any. Um, I don't know. Maybe he gets drafted and he starts playing. I mean, hell, Zach Stirrup started a game this last weekend, which is yeah. awesome for, to see from St. Slip. But. You watched this Husker film, you did not see a future starting NFL lineman. You can't teach size. And Nick Gates got it.
0: That's true. Uh, One other
1: thing before you move on. I just wanted to, I wanted to kind of ask you this. If I told you there was a quarterback that went 56 through 56% of his passes, had 16 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, through 11 games, he missed 2 games, would that be a high-rated quarterback that you think would be going to the NFL? Not. No, those aren't great numbers. Okay. You know whose numbers those are? Josh Allen's okay. and everybody's uh, high on Josh Allen. So if Josh Allen can get up there because of his intangibles, I, I think there's a chance that Taylor Lee can get in there too.
0: Maybe, maybe, I mean, but you look at that, that pass ratio that you just said, 16 and six. Taylor Lee had six interceptions in the first two games. <laughs> I mean, anyway, we'll, we'll see. We'll see.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, you you look at that. Drew Brees had sixteen interceptions in his senior year. Uh, Tom Brady had like sixteen or seventeen in his final year. So it's not like it's not like they can't look past the interceptions either.
0: You're right. I mean. Tanner Lee could potentially be the next Tom Brady or Drew Brees. And the best That's defenses
1: that he faced, Penn State, Ohio State, and Wisconsin, he only threw one interception in those games.
2: That's a true statement. I, so and the history of the Cuzcast. we had Justin saying that Tanner Lee was going to be a better college quarterback than Drew Brees. And now Derek says Tanner Lee is going to be the next Drew Brees and Tom Brady <laughs> in the NFL. Yeah. That's not,
0: I, you
1: I will, still that's can't not stop what I'm saying. I'm guy. just saying that their college stats weren't <laughs> that great and they still got drafted.
0: Hey, I will keep that in mind here in about three years when we uh, do our uh, do another fantasy football because I'm going to pick him up. You, just, you should because spec- you had threes. him thrown for
1: like 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns this year. 3,800 yards it's
0: not that hard it's not that hard everybody can do it all right speaking of guys that can throw 3,800 yards in one season there's some of those guys in the Under Armour All-America game that's going to be on ESPN tomorrow night which is Thursday January 4th Uh, that game is going to be at 6 p.m. hey Tyler why should we watch this game tomorrow
2: um, I think the biggest reason is to see Adrian Martinez, uh, play. I mean, the guy has been very impressive in, the uh, uh, the practices leading up to the game. Uh, y- it is yet to be seen what's going to happen, uh, next year for quarterback, but he could have a shot at starting and we don't have much film on him right now. Um, he sat out this whole year with injuries, um, so this is going to be the first chance really to watch him play in over a year. It'll be really curious what he does with some of the top talent in the country.
0: Derek, who are you excited to see tomorrow?
2: Tommy Bush. I think he yeah.
1: – is he, is he not supposed to uh, make an announcement tomorrow? Or not tomorrow, but during the uh, during the Under Armour game? Is that what I heard?
0: I, I can't answer that.
2: I, uh, I, I did not. Um, I was not sure of that. Um, it is quite possible, but um, he is not one of the people that I have heard that is expected to make an announcement.
1: Okay, I, I could be wrong, but I, I do know that Frost is after him pretty hard, so it would be exciting to kind of see how he how he plays as well. Uh, Adrian Martinez, obviously, is going to be the big one to watch because that is the only Nebraska commit to, to play in the game.
0: Mm-hmm. A lot of targets, though. We got a lot of targets out there and former targets. They'll be playing Houston Griffith, Bookie.
2: So we'll, 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 we'll be we'll, we'll yeah. be on the table for Bookie. Um, I, I don't think anyone, but he has announced his final schools, but he's going to put the hats on, and we made that cut. So they're still kick a Is
0: the kicking the balls to us? <laughs> balls I, to us? I mean,
2: I, I think it's the same thing as last year when you saw guys like Darnay Holmes and that tackle from Washington who went blank and who was like the number two that put a, one of our hats. I think these guys like to have four to five hats to pick from. It's a little bit cooler moment when besides just the two schools they're probably really considering. Uh,
0: that that he acquired so much Nebraska gear while he was <laughs> committed to I, us.
2: I, I will say, though, I, I mean, there there is no indication that Bookie's going to sign. I don't think you should expect it. But, man, I definitely know what we'll be leading off next week if he grabs that Nebraska hat. Oh,
0: absolutely. That, that's going to be exciting. All right, guys, uh, before we get out of here, we need to face the music. Uh, Send to acknowledge the terrible break the bank segment that we attempted last week, where we went 2-3 against the spread. Our only wins were Penn State and Stanford by a point. Uh Our Southern Miss, Missouri, they were huge misses. And then Northwestern failed us at the end. We're going to have to get a lot better at breaking the bank for the segment to succeed. But it was fun. We'll continue it next year. I think we're going to add a little twist to it. So that should be fun. Uh, You guys excited for that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't believe you guys at all. But, uh, <laughs> all right, let's get out of here. All right, be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, at Husker You can find all of our episodes on Podbean and on iTunes. Make sure you check out Husker Hype for all, huskerhype.com for all the latest Husker news. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. We'll be back next week to praise the SEC for redoing their conference championship game. We'll see you then, and as always, go Big Red.
2: See you later,